Anybody like rocks in here? Rocks are pretty cool. We like rocks at my house. There's rocks everywhere. We buy rocks for souvenirs. When we go places, we pick rocks up out of our driveway and other people's driveways, which we're trying to limit. I've had my kids come home with pockets full of rocks. I was like, where did you get these from? They just had them laying out in the driveway. I'm like, they paid for those rocks. We took them back because they were a lot of rocks. But tonight we're going to talk about rocks for a little bit. First of all, is anybody, can you think of, of types of rocks? Anybody just throw out some names. Rocks, moon rocks. Igneous, that's correct. Lava. Any other kind of rocks? Ocean rocks. Quartz. Sedimentary. Oh, we have some people that are ahead of me here. Any other types of rock anybody can think of? Jesus. Lillian. Driveway rocks. That's right. There, are a, there is a specific type of rock that's a driveway rock. Limestone. The Rock of Gibraltar. Say that again. Marble. There's lots of types of rock. Geode. There's pretty rocks. Granite. There's ugly rocks. There's actually hard, hard rocks and softer rocks. Have you ever picked up a rock you thought was really pretty and I'm really bad because I'm like, oh, look at this, and it breaks in half. (laughs) I was like, that was so pretty. Not anymore. I should have left it there. So tonight I brought some rocks to show y'all. I didn't, I brought Jesus too. He's here. You brought him too. We have that rock. But a few people jumped ahead of me. All the rocks on the planet can be grouped into three types of rock. I learned a lot getting prepared for this sermon. I didn't know this. (laughs) Igneous rocks. They are formed by the cooling and hardening of magma. So I think we have a picture of magma going to pop up here. Okay, so magma is lava that isn't lava yet. Because if it's magma, it means it's inside the earth. Hasn't been released yet. So I'm not sure this is a real picture. I think this is kind of created. What we, it would look like under the crust of the earth. Before it comes out, that's magma. Okay, the next one is lava. When it actually comes out of the earth, it's the same thing, but we call it lava. It's really hot. You die if you let it run over you. It comes from inside the earth, and igneous rock is made from magma, okay? It's the rock that's made when the magma actually gets so hot it makes and creates rock inside the earth, and it will cool slower when it's inside the earth. When the magma comes out and it cools outside the earth, it usually cools really fast, and it's lava, and it creates things like uh, shale, pumice, obsidian, Inside the earth, it creates more things like granite, and it creates its gems. When it cools very slowly, it creates gems. When it cools very fast on the upper crust, it just kind of creates slate, things you might put on your floor, stuff that crumbles pretty easy. But it doesn't create gems or any kind of jewel when it cools very, very fast. It takes the slow cooling process to create gems. I think... We have a picture. There we go. He's already got it up there. Those are 15 of the rocks. You really can't see all of the names. Uh, I can't, anyway, from where I am. But those are some of the rocks. Obsidian, granite, kimberlite. Um, 
andesite, granite black, some really cool things, pumice that are made from igneous rock. The second type of rock is sedimentary rock, formed by the compacting and the cementing of layers of sediment. Rock fragments, plants, and animal remains mix with minerals from the water to create these rocks. The lower layers of the rock undergo intense pressure due to the weight of the upper layers, and that produces rocks such as sandstone, limestone shale, conglomerate, and gypsum. It also creates chalk lumps, flint, something might be more mudstone, limestone shale. Um, are any of you familiar with limestone? Have any of you ever touched limestone? Limestone is kind of slimy if it's if it gets touched by water and you touch a limestone, it's kind of slimy. I went to Yellowstone with my mom one time and touched a bunch of limestone and I was like, Ew. they kind of call it soap, soapstone, people call it that because it has kind of a soapy, slimy feel. The third type of rock is metamorphic rocks, formed by the effect of heat and pressure on other rocks. So it takes different rocks. You have some kind of crash, some kind of pressure that pushes these rocks together and creates another rock from the two. That's a metamorphic rock. This change occurs when the original rocks are subjected to extreme heat and pressure beneath the Earth's surface. Original rocks are caught in the middle of two colliding tectonic boundaries. This creates marble, your stronger, really strong slate, schist, and gneiss. Nice. I believe is how you say that. So we have a picture there of your, some of your really, some of your strongest rocks are actually created from the tectonic plates colliding, which I think is really cool. It makes some of your strongest rocks, and those rocks were not, they have no source of origin on their own. Their origin comes from other rocks that were smashed together to make this rock. I have a couple pictures from a beach in France. When we were in France, okay, this is one of those really weird shots, but this is the beach. You see all that rock? Guess what happened when my kids saw it? <laughs> they had their pockets full. And I was like, this is stealing. We are in a foreign country. We cannot steal these people's rocks. They, and I said, they paid good money to put this rock out here. And the lady with me was like, I don't think so. I was like, you cannot tell me all this rock just washed up on the beach. The rock doesn't just wash up. It's heavy. Well, guess what? I was wrong. <laughs> it does. So in the feeling that it was Mother Earth's rock and not France's rocks, I did, we each got one very carefully, very circumspect, because I was scared to death we were going to go to jail. And we hid them in our clothes. I couldn't get over how these two rocks were so smooth. All the rocks on this beach were, looked like someone had just polished them and polished them and polished them and polished them. And they were all like this. There weren't cruddy rocks you would stub your toe on and cut your foot. You could walk barefooted across those rocks and they were smooth. It was amazing that the earth would spit out something like this. I'm going to leave them up here for y'all to look at afterwards. One of the rocks, though, if you can see it, isn't all the same color. It has this big white end and this little white running through it. And after studying this, I thought this rock was smooshed together with another rock somewhere. This is a smashed rock. <laughs> this is what happens when tectonic plates smoosh together. It combined rocks. And somehow, it didn't really match the rest of them on the beach. It got spit up on this beach where rocks naturally come out of the earth and someone didn't pay to put them there. 
So I learned, I learned a lesson I was glad I learned in the company of people that love me. <laughs> there are some lessons you don't want to learn in front of people that hate you. <laughs> so rocks came out of the ocean onto this shore. Has anyone ever seen rocks emerge from the earth in other places? Have you ever experienced that? Okay, I grew up on a farm. Have these great big tractors with these great big discs and they're disc and guess what tears up discs? Rocks. So you have to get out and make sure there's not rocks in these fields and they would clean them out. And the next year, guess what happened? There were more rocks. It was like the earth hated you and it just spit them out. What I couldn't figure out was though when we dumped rock in our driveway, it ate it. Our driveway was forever losing rock. It was like, but you go out in the field and it's like throwing them out. Let's break the disc. Let's mess up your life. And they were big rocks. So the earth or the Lord or somebody has a sense of humor. But these rocks can emerge. They'll come in your garden. They'll come out in roads where they're not supposed to be. Where you least expect it, you'll find a rock. And they come out at the most interesting time. I'm going to read you a little story that you may not have known about the California Gold Rush. Does anybody know who started the California Gold Rush? The man's last name. Anybody? His, his last name was Marshall. But he wasn't the one that started it. He was the one that was most famous for starting the California Gold Rush. Although Marshall's discovery of gold on the South Fork of the American River has been called the most momentous event in all of California history, it was not the first such discovery in California. Some historians maintain that as early as 1812, native Californians were working placer deposits near the Spanish mission of San Fernando. The first verifiable discovery of gold in California, however, occurred in 1842 when Don Francisco Lopez discovered the precious metal at Placeritas Canyon in the San Fernando Valley about 40 miles northwest of Los Angeles. While resting beneath a shady tree during a search for stray cattle, Lopez suddenly remembered his wife's request from the early that morning. Bring home some onions, Cisco. He may or may not have, that may or may not have been her exact words, but taking the knife from his belt, he went to a nearby slope and began to dig. Pulling the onions up from the ground, he noticed something glittering in their roots. He looked closer. It was gold. Within a few weeks, hundreds of people were engaged in washing and winnowing the placers of Placeritas Canyon in what might be called the first gold rush in California history. The deposits were worked successfully for a number of years, but were eventually depleted and the mines forgotten. And then the California Gold Rush truly began on January 24th, 1848. He was digging for onions, and he found rocks in the most unsuspecting area, in the roots of the onions. Rocks crop up. They always do. They're always around. You can always find them, especially when you're not expecting them. Rocks can be beautiful. Some of us have a rock on our finger tonight. Some kind of rock. Some kind of ring made from a rock. We might have some kind of expensive or beautiful rock. Rocks can be used to build. They can be used to support and strengthen. They can also cause insanity and greed. They can do damage to machinery. They can cause destruction and serious pain if in the wrong places, such as under your foot, on top of your foot, or thrown accidentally against one's head. If any of you have experienced those things, as a younger person. I brought some rocks here today in my little bag. 
After church, many of you can look at them, and maybe from our little lesson here, you can determine what type of rocks they were, what they're made of. Because what they're made of and how they're made makes all the difference. This is just a normal rock. doesn't look special. It has lots of holes in it. Do you know why this rock is special? Because of something that happened to it. What did I say? I said it's not special. It's special to me. Are you laughing because you know what rock this is? Oh. So when little Desi was very, very small, and he wasn't talking very much, I told you rocks are special in our family. He brought me a rock. It has lots of pits in it. And he said, Mommy, Mommy, I got this rock just for you. And I said, Oh, wow. Well, thank you. He goes, I licked all the dirt off of it so you could have a clean rock. <laughs> he was maybe three. I have never washed this rock, and you can observe its cleanliness when you come up here. There's not a speck of dirt on it. And he dug it out of the ground. There's other rocks that we use for decoration. Maybe if we're going to do a little flower or something, you know. They always fail in my house, but I try. I put them in a little gla glass thing and try to stick some flowers in there, and the rocks hold them up, you know. So these are what we call decorative rocks. They've probably been washed. They've probably been thrown in with some kind of sandpaper in a big barrel of some sort and, and kind of knocked off the rough edges. And then... Then we have these rocks, and these are the coveted rocks. You may think diamonds and sapphires and those expensive rocks are what people cover, covet, but no. These are the, the rocks you buy at the souvenir shop. These are the coveted rocks. Now, I brought enough rocks for every kid after church to come and get one and take one home, as long as your parents approve it and you won't eat it. If you're too young and you will eat a rock, Parents, please don't let your children take a rock home. But I'm going to spread these out here because I, I want you to think about pretty rocks. Now, there's ugly rocks out there too. I've stepped on them. We put them in the driveways, gravel. We grind them up and make asphalt because nobody wants to look at them. But these are pretty rocks, pretty rocks. And if I wanted to have a rock, I would hope it would be a pretty rock. If I had a rock randomly appear in my life, I would hope it would be a pretty rock. Sometimes it's not. When tectonic plates converge, wait, I missed something. I'm trying to teach from an electronic device. Pray for me. Okay, I want to talk to you a few minutes about the metamorphic rocks, the crushing blows. When tectonic plates converge, they move into one another, formulating mountains by crushing. So converging tectonic plates. When we take our, our earth, we converge and they hit together, it makes mountains. Crust makes a mountain, okay? Or if it's connected to the ocean, it does this. And the ocean part will go under the crust and it will still make a mountain, but it also makes a lava. So mountains that are made from the crust crushing together make mountains like maybe the Smoky Mountains or the Andes or a, a gorgeous mountain range. Mountains that have the ocean come under them, they create volcanoes. Because the, as the mountain goes up, that part of the earth goes down and it becomes magma. And it has to come out somewhere. So during times of crushing, you either have mountains or 
are created or volcanoes. And this is when those rocks are created, like that rock down there where it's been mushed together. Those rocks were created during that time. I want to read to you a scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7 says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. We will all experience different types of trials. Sometimes we go through something that's catastrophic. Sometimes we crash into something. Have you ever felt like your world has just crashed? Yeah. Those times are when things are created in us. Scripture talks about it's like gold being tried in the fire. Whenever rock is created, all of the times it's created, something momentous is happening to create that rock. And the earth spits it out for us to find. Whether we find it in a cave or we have to dig for it, it's spitting it up from deep down, or it's just laying out on the ground. You and I spit things out of ourselves as well, whether we like it or not. And unfortunately, many times those things come out at the most unexpected times. You ever wish you could just drag something right back in your mouth? Yeah. Yeah, that happens to me more than I care to admit. I tell people, that's my foot. I just have to get it out of there. It's way down deep. Well, we are all made of something. When we were created and we're born into this world, we're born in sin. And we produce. Boy, do we produce. It doesn't take much for us to start producing. We can sin without anybody teaching us how to. We can catch on to whatever's happening around us and we can mimic it. We can do all these things, and we are constantly producers. Then when we come to know the Lord, he begins to put a new heart in us and a new spirit in us and his spirit so that we produce other things. But as disciples, as leaders, as people that want to constantly follow and grow in Christ, it's our responsibility to figure out what we're made of, what you're made of, what I'm made of. And the only way to figure that out is to look at what we put in. Because whatever we put in, that's what's going to come out. There's some things that are naturally in us that are pretty ugly. There are some things other people put into us that are ugly, that we can't control. And God is helping us to work those things out. But sometimes we go through trials and we go through tests. And in those times, it never fails. Something comes out. Has anyone ever been through a catastrophic event and nothing, nothing came out of you? You were just like, I got this. The whole world's coming apart, but you know, I have so much faith in God. Anybody? That's you? It's not me. <laughs> I'm usually hanging off of something, wailing. Or, or sometimes something not so pretty comes out of me. I like to think of it as our tectonic plates are crashing together, and God is using that crisis, that struggle, whatever we're going through, to develop something in us. And whatever's already in us is what's going to come out. We don't have time during a catastrophic event to run over here and grab scripture and just let's shovel it in really quick. We may read the Bible and draw strength, but during a time of catastrophe, what's in us is coming out. We don't have time to think about putting more in us. We don't have time to think about, 
oh, maybe I shouldn't say that or shouldn't make the right decision. What's in is going to come out during times of crisis and catastrophic event. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 through 13 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against all evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Every catastrophic event that happens in our life isn't due to something we did. Sometimes it's spiritual warfare. But just because it's spiritual warfare doesn't mean I'm going to respond like a super spiritually righteous person. Whatever's in me is going to come out. I'm going to produce a rock. Now, the Bible says fruit, but, you know, I just think rocks are a little easier than fruit. Because I don't usually think of myself as an apple. But there are occasions I grab something inside of me and I want to throw it at somebody so bad. You ever had something in you want to just come out and hit somebody square between the eyes? I'm David, you're Goliath, buddy, and you are so going down. I just got back from a family vacation with all my family, the first one ever, and I promise you, there were a few moments where I was gathering my stones. And I was with people I loved. I didn't at the moment, but I do love them. But what was in me was going to come out. Now, granted, I was praying. I was like, oh, God, please, please let the right stuff come out. And then I just went to my room for a few minutes. I was like, oh, breathe. Because everything in me isn't beautiful. And everything in me doesn't make a pretty rock. I have some gravel. <laughs> I have some gravel in me, and the Lord is working to get it out. And so when we have catastrophic events, if we can look at it and say, okay, God, is this something I did? Is this something that's spiritual? Is this spiritual warfare? How am I going to respond? What's in me that I can pull out that's good? What can be produced good in me during a really hard time? Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. This is letting us know that we have a sinful nature, and we shouldn't feed that sinful nature. We shouldn't work and put things in that satisfy the flesh, because we also have the Spirit of God in us, which we need to put into and feed and focus on. And the thing that we put into ourselves is what we're going to produce. So in times of catastrophic events, let's say your tectonic plates had just crashed and a huge mountain range is forming. There are things that we can do. We can recognize that our faith is being tested. Take a step back. Think about our response. Think about what is being What's being created in me? What kind of rock is being made right now? What's God going to do with this? The second thing we can do is resist the enemy and stand firm. And no, this could be a spiritual attack. What can I do to resist? How can I put on the armor of God? How can I prepare myself and cover myself for this situation? And the third thing is, let's not get tired of doing what's good. Don't get tired. I make the worst decisions when I'm tired. 
I can have a conversation with my husband and the world is falling apart and nobody loves me and I don't like them either and blah, 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 and it's midnight and the next morning he's like, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I just needed a good night's sleep. And sometimes we spiritually need to say, okay, I'm going to step back and I'm going to rest for a little bit and I'm going to see this differently and I'm going to make sure that good things are coming out of me instead of some things that my flesh wants to bring out because I'm exhausted. When we live through times of collision and crushing, all of our insides, our emotions, our dreams, our desires, our plans, and even our faith, they all just kind of get mushed together. The things that are in us that are produced by sin get thrown into the mix. We can end up producing some things that are really good, but streaked with bad. Or we may produce some sinful things, things that are deep within us that don't come out real often until we're in a crisis when we're feeling out of control and these things begin to come out of us. We can produce those things. We can experience confusion, pain, and fear. But these are times when we must hold fast to our faith. We must hold to the good things that have been put in us and that we've put in there. And remember that everything in me isn't bad. I've been putting in good stuff. And the good stuff, God's going to create something beautiful out of it. Not gravel. Gravel's not going to come out, but I'm going to think about it in something beautiful is going to come out. Next, we're going to talk about sedimentary rock. Every time I think of this, I think of sedentary, like, you know, the nursing home, just fun sitting around. That's not what this is talking about. This is sedimentary rock. This rock is developed through compaction and pressure using rocks, remains, and minerals. Do any of you have remains inside of you, leftovers? Any kind of remains? We'll see. Any of us have remains. The same is inside of us. The things that are produced in times of pressure. Anybody ever feel stress? Anybody have some stuff produced when you're stressed out? Oh, yeah. Not always good, is it? Sometimes stress gets us going and we're productive and we get things accomplished because of the pressure we're feeling. Other times, stress happens and we wig out. And we may say things we're not supposed to. We may do so, or sometimes we just stop and quit, and we just the stress just paralyzes us. It's like, did it go away? And we just kind of hunker down. That's what pressure can do to us. And one thing that pressure always does—it never fails. Anytime you're experiencing times of pressure, you experience history. Now the Earth uses remains and rocks and minerals. We use what we've put in us and then we use history because when we get stressed out we begin to remember everything that that person has ever done wrong. <laughs> I'm feeling pressure and stress. Let me think about, let me just think about what you did for a minute here. The, the marriage therapists say it's called getting historical. When you're having an argument, don't get historical. Don't bring up everything that ever happened in the entire relationship or in someone else's relationship. Focus on the moment. When we're under pressure, history begins to bubble up in us. We have what we are now. We have what God has done in our lives. All that gets smushed together, but then the past seems to come out and try to control the situation. God's trying to make a rock, a sedimentary rock. 
a beautiful rock with different layers and different experiences in us. But the past is in there. The dead things are in there. The remains are in there. The remains of maybe something that happened and we've recovered and we've healed, but we still remember. Maybe the remains of something that's never quite been dealt with. And that all gets smushed in. So when we're under pressure and our rock comes out, it doesn't just come out like this. It's not one of these rocks. It's a layered rock with all these things in it. All the things God has done, then all the history and the remains and the leftovers. But there's minerals in there. And when the minerals are involved, it does make a beautiful rock. And God put some minerals in us to help with our past. He put his blood over us, and it covers us. It covers those sins. So when that history starts popping up, and God's trying to make something in you, and it's like, no, you can't do that. Do you remember? Remember when? Don't you love that at all those graduation ceremonies? <gasps> remember when? And I'm like, I would prefer not. <laughs> well, when, when the enemy starts going, remember when? So-and-so did this to you? Or remember when you did that? Or look at them. Wow, they obviously haven't gotten any better. They're making the same mistake over again. These things begin to roll inside of us. These things that are ugly, we have to remember that we have some good there. That the blood of Jesus covers our sins. That he will wash away what's in us. If we can stop and pray and say, Lord, wash me again. Cleanse me one more time. I want out of this process, I want something good to come out. I want you to develop something good. And as that rock comes to the surface that's being created, it can't be created without all those things. There's something God thinks God pulls out of us by this process. And as leaders, we have to remember there's a process. Sometimes things come back to us, and God's saying, let's work this out. Let's deal with this issue. And this rock comes out, and it's not the rock we want. It's a rock with layers. It's got sin in it and remains in it, and some rock in it, and the blood of Jesus in it, and it's a layered rock. But God's like, I need to get that out of you. And that's one of the processes he uses is, is pressure. And as the pressure grows, we many times want to just fold in on ourselves. It's like, I can't take this kind of pressure, Lord. I can't take this pressure from other people, and I certainly can't take it from you right now. And the Lord says, I'm using this pressure to compact some things, and then we're going to get them out of you. And you will produce a rock that's not beautiful. It's that sandstone rock. It may break. You're thinking, what good is this? It's dirty feeling. It's soft. It's not beautiful. You're not going to use it to hold your plants up. But it's a rock that God's using to pull things out of you and to let it emerge out so that he can put more inside of us and more good. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So part of that layering, God's saying, let me pull these out of you, and let me layer into you strength and character and hope. 
Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. When under under pressure, you will produce things. But if you keep your mind fixed on what is true and honorable and right, pure and lovely and admirable, If you allow God to pour into you, if we allow the good things to come in, even during times of pressure and stress, we can produce good things. Good can come out. We can produce things that might even pull out some of the negative things or things that we've had trouble dealing with. And the last one is igneous rock. There's two types of igneous rock. One comes out of a magma flow. One of these rocks just naturally flows out of the magma. Luke 6, 43-45 says, A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn brushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good thing from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. What naturally flows out of us? As leaders, as disciples... We need to think about what naturally flows out of us. There are rocks that just naturally flow out of the magma. There's heat. There's pressure. It's kind of like an everyday life. That magma's always under there. It's probably those rocks that come up in the field. It's just down there constantly bubbling those things up to throw them out when you least expect them. And those rocks, they come out of a natural flow. There's things that are in us that come out of our natural flow. What we put in daily There's things that are just naturally going to come out. And those are the rocks that come out of what I would say the magma of our heart. We're just constantly making those rocks. They're constantly coming out. So if we listen to ourselves, we know what we are. If I listen to myself, I know what I am. Because I am what comes out of me. And there's times when ugly things come out of me. I have to pray and I have to repent and I have to ask God to change me. But there's times when good things come out of me too. And I want to listen to what God is doing and get a temperature gauge of what God is doing in my life by what naturally flows out of me on a daily basis. Then there's a second type of igneous rock. And it is only created in a volcanic explosion. And unfortunately, I have some of those. In my family, we call it a Patrick fit. My maiden name is Patrick. I had a Patrick fit on the way to vacation. We took a nine-hour trip, and it was about to turn into 16. There was car wreck after car wreck after car wreck. My whole family was getting to this vacation I had planned, and nobody knew what was going on, and everybody was texting me or calling me every few minutes. And then the little GPS goes from, you have three and a half hours left, to you have six and a half hours left. And we almost had to pull over. I just blew it. 
Now, what I didn't know was there was a six or seven car pileup. They closed the freeway because all these cars were on fire and it was a terrible situation. But frankly, I didn't care because I was trying to get to vacation and get things organized before my family drove me nuts with texts. And I'm like, I am driving! And my husband, who has experienced it more than once, I had what we call, I didn't have to tell my family anything. Actually, they all knew it. Because my dad called and my tone must have gave it away. And later, that my parents were supposed to call me back, but they didn't call. They had my really sweet, nice, younger sister-in-law call. And I told Dad, he's like, uh-oh. They know I've been having a meltdown. So they sent the really nice one to call me. The one I'm not going to lay into. So, sometimes we have a volcanic eruption. And what's in us is going to come out. And obviously, I have a little bit of a temper problem sometimes. And it kaplooied all over the van. Thankfully, all my children were on media devices and had no clue. So Desi had to deal with it. Now, I didn't curse. I didn't, I didn't, I did yell. I did yell. I didn't curse. I didn't say anything super ugly. But I vented. And volcanoes have to vent. And when we vent, what's in us comes out of us. Thankfully, that doesn't happen every day, or it shouldn't be happening every day. But it's also a good temperature gauge. Can I be angry? Can I blow up? Because any, okay, if you're like, I never blow up, that doesn't happen to me. Well, I don't believe you. Because you may be a really nice, soft-spoken person, but everybody blows up. They may not act like I act when I blow up. But everybody has a moment. So when you have your moment, it's a good temperature gauge to decide what rocks you're producing. Like I said, I wanted to throw mine at people. But, um, but there were some things I thought later, I thought, mm, man, that wasn't pretty. I need to work on that. I did pray. Actually, I prayed and I told the Lord. I said, oh, Lord, I'm sorry I said that about my so-and-so. And he said, no, you're not. I was like, okay, fine. Would you please forgive me and help me feel sorry because I don't feel sorry right now. And the Lord said, I'll help you. He called me. I mean, immediately, you're not sorry. So I had a volcanic explosion. And the problem with volcanic explosions is what James said. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Oh, conviction. Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. If you are wise and understand God's way, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving. Gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. 
And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. I'm going to read one more verse. They kind of speak for themselves. James chapter 1. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Yet somehow... We all have volcanic moments. And it's in those moments when we have to remember what's causing this. Is it my lack of humility? Because that's what the scripture says. Am I trying to be a peacemaker? Or do I want to be in control? Am I being quick to listen? And slow to speak? And slow to get angry? Well, no, 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 no. I wasn't doing any of those things. I was mad because I was going to have to drive three and a half more hours in the heat. And I was angry. We all have volcanic things. That's how rocks are created. And hopefully sometimes when we explode and we have volcanic eruptions, the Lord is still helping us be in control. But it's a time. Don't just walk away from it and go, Psh, well, I'm not ever talking about that again. As a leader, we have to look at those times and say, okay, what could I have done differently? What caused me to act this way? What did I do in the moment that shows me I have something inside that needs to come out? But the scripture says be angry and sin not. It doesn't say you're never going to get angry. It doesn't mean that I couldn't be angry and have needed to talk about it and have a little bit of a... <laughs> okay. But a colossal explosion was not needed. That was Rachel losing her temper. And there are times when we are going to vent. We are going to release pressure. But we have to do it in a fashion because we're going to produce something in those moments. And it has to be something that we can produce that produces something good. Okay, I'm upset. I need to talk about it. I'm fixing to have a moment. How can something be good be produced out of this? How can I learn to better communicate? How can I, what can I learn about myself? There's something good we can always learn, even when our rocks are being created during volcanic times. Matthew chapter 7, A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire, Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. And I say you can identify people by their rocks. We can all identify ourselves by what comes out of us. And it's a good measure of what type of rock during a situation is coming out of it. Is something coming out of me that has layers of hurt and layers of things I don't want to deal with in it? That may not be bad. Maybe God is using things to pull out of us to help us to grow. We have times where we are having collision and things are being produced in us during that collision, during that fire, during that heat. And then we have times where it just 
Every day, stuff just flows out of us and we produce. And then there's we produce during volcanic explosions. And so all of us are producers. And we're all going to produce something every single day, probably almost every moment. We are processing and we are producing. And so each of us can decide what we produce. We can actually decide before that volcanic eruption what we're going to produce during that volcanic eruption by planning ahead, by putting the Word of God. We can listen to things that encourage us. We can make a plan. Have you ever made a plan for getting angry? I have. It's called fighting fair. You've got to make a plan. We have to make a plan for catastrophe. Something bad happens, something devastating, where you want to say, where is God? You can have a plan ahead of time and put in you the things that you need to process. Because when you're in the middle of a catastrophe, you don't have time to make a plan. But what is in us? What are we? That's what comes out during all those times. If you stand together, as leaders and disciples of Christ, we must make continuous, conscious decisions about what we put in ourselves and what we will be. Because all of those things will come out of us. So I'm going to put these rocks down here. Parents, if you wouldn't mind managing it just a little bit, helping. There's enough rocks for every young person to get one pretty rock. You can't have my France rocks or my Lickdown rock, but the little rocks. <laughs> you can have one of the little rocks to take home to remember because I want pretty rocks to come out of me. They're not all going to be pretty. There's going to be some layered ones and there's going to be some black explosive ones, I'm sure, because the Lord, he's still working on me. But let's pray together and ask the Lord to help us. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to come together and learn. Lord, I ask that you would help each and every one of us put good things into us so that we know what we are and that we can help make ourselves. So that whenever we produce, we know what's coming out, even during hard times, during stressful times, during times of catastrophe, and even during volcanic moments of anger and frustration. Lord, I ask that you help each and every one of us grow closer to you and become disciples of you so that we may disciple others. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.